0: What's up everyone, welcome to Drummer's Perspective, my name is Ben Todd and I'm here to help broaden your scope of what's possible as a drummer. Thank you so much for tuning in today, whether you're watching here on YouTube or you're listening on the podcast, I really appreciate you wherever you're coming in from. If you are watching here on YouTube, please subscribe to the channel, hit that like button, that definitely helps me out. Today though, I'm really excited to bring you something a little bit different and that's a conversation with the amazing conductor, Benjamin Northey. Now, without a doubt, Benjamin is one of the most versatile, in-demand, and well-respected conductors in Australia right now. He's worked with every major symphony orchestra in the country, as well as numerous performances overseas with ensembles like the London Philharmonic, the Tokyo Philharmonic, the Hong Kong Philharmonic, the New Zealand Symphony Orchestra, his list of credits really is amazing. Now. Because of the broad scope of work that Benjamin's gotten to do, it's meant that he's had the chance to work countless times with drummers and rhythm sections within the orchestral environment. As drummers, if we're not fortunate enough to come up through high school or university perhaps, having the chance to work with a conductor and an orchestra, then the whole concept of following a conductor and playing with such a large group of musicians can be really quite foreign. I know the first time for me that I had the chance to work with an orchestra in a professional environment, it was really quite intimidating and quite daunting. And I feel even now, there really isn't that much information and resource out there for drum set players who are perhaps about to work with a conductor and an orchestra for the first time. I'm just about to jump on the call with Benjamin in a few minutes time. I'm really excited to hear his thoughts on what he thinks are the most important things for drummers to think about and consider when they're working with a conductor and an orchestra. The things that we have to be sensitive of and be conscious of in this musical environment his best advice for someone who's perhaps about to work with a conductor and an orchestra for the first time, and just what that dialogue is like between the drummer and the conductor when it comes to things like time, tempo, feel, dynamics, all of that kind of stuff. I'm really, really looking forward to hearing Benjamin's thoughts on all of this. I know it's going to have a lot of really valuable information to share with a lot of people out there. So, thank you again for tuning in. Please sit back, relax, and enjoy my conversation with Benjamin Northey. Before we jump into today's conversation, I want to offer you a free gift, and today that's my 7 ways to attract more work as a drummer PDF guide. If you feel like you're working on all the right stuff, you're seeing improvement in your playing, perhaps you're actually quite established in your local music scene, but still you're not working just as much as you would like to, then this guide is perfect for you. Here I offer you 7 ways to reapproach your development and your progression as a drummer, and offer you a fresh perspective on some things you might be able to change in your development to hopefully bring in a little bit more work. The best thing about this guide is that only one of the tactics involves picking up a pair of drumsticks at all. So if you're feeling a little stuck, frustrated, and tired of not being able to be out there working and playing more, then please head to drummersperspective.com seven ways and grab that free downloadable PDF guide right now. Welcome Benjamin Northey to the Drummer's Perspective podcast. I'm so grateful and appreciative of, of you taking some time today to chat with me. I know you're extremely busy uh, and uh, I know you've just got such a, a wealth of knowledge and experience of, of the topic that I want to talk about today, which is, you know, this whole world of drum set players performing with orchestras. So, uh, so thank you again for, for taking some time. I've really been looking forward to this conversation for, for a long time.
1: Me too, Ben, and thanks for your interest. I hope I can um, share some insights. And you're right, I have done a lot of work with drummers over the years in various um, formats and not least with orchestras in the last 20 years, that's for sure.
0: Yeah, sure. I I, I was trying to remember, I think... The first time we worked together was perhaps in two thousand and seven with the Gospel Messiah show. Yeah, that's
1: uh, right. Yeah, yeah, Mark Ferguson. Um, yes, and in Adelaide, that's right. And James Morrison was on that yeah. show as well. Yeah, yeah that yeah. was amazing. It should have it been was... done again. I don't know why that only got done once. That was ridiculous.
0: So much work for for you know one exactly. Of one of but yeah, <laughs> that was that was a lot of fun. But I just remember being so impressed at how you how effortlessly you were able to communicate and and you know resonate with the two groups of musicians like you know how you communicate with the orchestra and made them feel so comfortable and then how you communicated with the rhythm section and and both on a a really deep and and clear and uh, and in the end, very cohesive, like level, you brought both of those, you know, worlds together. And and that only comes with, you know, a great deal of experience working with the two, uh, the two units like that. Um, but yeah, that's something that's really, that really did stick with me for for this whole time.
1: Yeah, it's interesting. I, I've um, often, I, I haven't thought about it that much, because it mm. seems very natural to me as somebody who's worked in bands and orchestras you know and and worked in many different genres of music i kind of just see the common ground very clearly Mm. but i've heard from other people that it's not always like that and so you know um it seems very natural and kind of i wouldn't say easy but it certainly makes sense to me that there's an easy way to find the common ground between everybody and bring everyone together uh, but, yeah, it sounds like there, there are times where that's not the case and it's much more challenging, that, that collaboration.
0: Yeah, I, I absolutely. That's that's very true. I can speak from from personal experience working with different conductors over the years. That uh, that yeah, in some situations, it's definitely more challenging to to establish a kind of dialogue and and figure out you know those kind of details uh, depending on who you're working with. But you know, for me, the the relationship between a conductor and a drummer has always been really interesting because you know both in their like uh, typical environments, I guess you could say are largely responsible for things like, you know, maintaining tempo and feel and leading dynamic contrasts, you know, within the ensemble. But when the two are put together, it it can be such a delicate balance to, you know, yeah, figure out who's going to really take charge in in certain musical environments and situations. And I know that um, there's obviously a number of different... uh, environments and scenarios where you'll be working with a drummer in an orchestra um, like say there's the, the the situation where there's like a band with pre-existing material and orchestral arrangements have been written to kind of augment and and enhance that and then there's the the singer artist scenario where there's perhaps arrangements written based off of their music and a drummer's brought into to add to that and then the movie score situation where, you know, the drummer might be just seen as part of the percussion section, but still, you know, they're playing beats and, and grooves at certain points that might influence how uh, the other music- musicians react. But I'm just curious, I guess, to start with, like, does your approach change, uh, uh, you know, when you know that you're going to work with a drummer in these kind of situations, or is it really just small adjustments on your part on a, on a case-by-case basis?
1: No, I think I think it does. And you know what what you say is interesting the drummer and the conductor are quite similar in the sense that they're unifying forces and they're dominant unifying forces so we're used to working in rhythm and i always think rhythm's the most unifying most obvious unifying force for musicians you know there are many unifying forces and things we're trying to um, do together but rhythm is kind of you know if you're playing rock paper scissors with the elements of music rhythm's always going to win uh, and, and actually, that's the first thing that orchestral musicians are auditioned on is, is re- if their rhythm's no good, it doesn't really matter how good they are at everything else because it's just not going to work. So, you know, I often think it depends how good the drummer is as to what my approach will be. And if I've got and this is usually the case, an outstanding drummer, my life becomes much easier because uh, we can we can work out what that dynamic is. And I usually say the same thing, Ben, to every drummer. I'm like, when you're playing groove, you're in charge. It's not, you know, just play, just play. And I'll, I'll make sure everyone's with you. So that's how I see my job is to bring everybody to the kit. And that, and that goes for orchestral percussion as well, to be honest, unless the orchestral per- percussion has a problem and, and that's kind of unstable, uh, which does happen most of the time i'm trying to just bring the orchestra to the obvious rhythmic element of the music and when we're collaborating with kit it's always the drum kit because that's the thing everybody can hear so tempo you know we 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 might um, he, the drummer might have to outsource the count ins and things like that because i'm de- i'm i'm dealing with so many musicians but if that relationship is solid and and like i said i always hand over the authority for time to the kit and I've found that to be the easiest way to do to do these collaborations
0: mm, that's very interesting i i think that that's such a, that really speaks to your experience of working in in a multitude of environments and and getting to the point where uh, perhaps through uh, working with different drummers in different situations, you've, you've you've come to 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 think this is the best way to do it. And but from a drummer's point of view, I think that really is what m- makes sense, you know, as well because we're so awesome. used to yeah we're so used to leading a band yeah from the, from the drum chair with with the tempo and time and and things like that and f- you know. When we're put into an orchestral environment that can be perhaps quite foreign to some people, um, thinking about having to follow a conductor for something that's so, you know, uh, ingrained in us to try and lead can be, uh, yeah, very challenging. So, yeah, from from your point of view, that's really, really uh, interesting to hear.
1: The worst thing a drummer can do is try and follow the orchestra. That's the worst thing a drummer can do. And, right. you know, every now and again, there might be a, a, a tempo change. There might be a row, you know, there might be an accelerando. That's where the conductor can probably, you know, be more hands-on and in charge of, of you know, the the pacing of those things. Mm-hmm. But, you know, like I said, it depends on how good the drummer is because I've done gigs before where the drummer has been very unstable and not not even kind of holding time well. And I'll tell you what, my my job in those scenarios gets a million times harder. You know, it's it's chasing percussionists around or chasing drummers around and trying to hold back time when it's pushing or trying to keep drummers moving when it's dragging. Like that's rare because most professional drummers are so good, but it does happen and and um you know that that's when it's a really difficult kind of night at night at the office for me is when mm. I'm trying to deal, deal with that and the musicians can't rely on the drummer in the same way that they can when the drummer's got absolutely brilliant time and is just laying stuff down so clearly mm. so you know it depends
0: I think that's great advice for drummers to have kind of as a perhaps as a general um understanding when they're going into work with an orchestra or with a conductor is to you know start off from the place of of yeah like you say like just when you're playing groove just be solid with that because i remember like especially in uh in high school times for me when i got the chance to play drums with a with an orchestra i was trying to follow the conductor and you know trying to be part of that ensemble and uh yeah the the musical result was not that <laughs> pleasurable for anyone i don't think so i think yeah if if there if there's anyone out there that's listening that's going into an environment where they might be working with a conductor or an orchestra yeah just having that mindset of just trying to be as solid as possible and and still yeah. leading as as much as possible um and then yeah things like yeah, tempo changes and and anything dynamically that might need uh, focus and attention is is something that is is a different story but yeah that's really great to know really great how much of your work would you say is with the drummer and a rhythm section at the moment
1: oh um, not as much as it used to be, to be honest. I'm doing different kinds of gigs mainly now mm. um, but having said that, I mean, I'm about to work with um the jazz at Lincoln Center big band with Winton Marcellus who's coming out. We're doing four concerts two in Sydney two in Melbourne. That'll have a big band rhythm section
0: mm.
1: and I guarantee you i'm I'm not going to expect that drummer to follow me you know <laughs> yeah, i'm I'm gonna great. When that yeah. drum is playing, time they're in charge, and and they'll be so amazing. And yeah, so I'd say probably I don't know five to ten percent, maybe. Um, yeah, right. But it depends, you know, from year to year, there'll be different kinds of collaborations. And um, but yeah, what you say is true. That the the evenness of time is so important. The more musicians you're working with, and when you've got an orchestra of you know sixty to hundred they can't just spin on a dime and follow a drummer around. And so if a drummer's not really in the pocket or really solid on just holding tempo, that's where it becomes difficult for orchestras because they can't predict what's going to happen. Mm. And it's all very well for me to say the drummer is in charge, follow the drums, but that's only if the drums are really, really reliable and easy to lock in with. So... Mm. um you know, I, I I do I I do say that all the time. Like mm-hmm. the drummer is always right, and mm-hmm. and it's the same with orchestral percussion. They're always right, and if they're wrong, it's my responsibility to fix it,
0: mm.
1: to fix them, to fix the back of the orchestra, the thing that everybody can hear, because the percussion can't hear the strings. That's for sure. Mm. Mm-hmm. You know? And so we go with what we can hear. That's my philosophy, anyway.
0: Mm-hmm. Amazing. And so so. You you have this conversation with drummers in a in a rehearsal situation of, you know, when you're playing Groove and Time, you're in charge. In terms of dialogue, is there anything else that you try and, you know, talk about before you, you perhaps work with someone who you're unfamiliar with or, or anything you kind of go over with drummers or is is it yeah, just kind I think, of get to it? Look, dynamics is a thing, you know?
1: It's um it depends on the environment and because the orchestra is a self-balancing ensemble you know we don't generally rely on enhancement to balance so we're not asking for foldback or we're not we're not doing that now it depends on the kind of show if we're amplified and it's like a carpeted stage and we're we've got foldback wedges and you know most of the collaborations are like that to be honest but even then i think the drummer still has a responsibility to be sensitive to the balance on stage and so it may be that you can't just like completely lay it down like you would in a rock band situation um you have to find your energy in a slightly different way that makes sense with the sounds that are going on around you you've got a violin you know with no fallback right next to you most of the time or a cello you know something like this and so you know i've often said listen really big So it's not like you're following, but you're actually balancing. You're balancing as you would in a big band, really, you know, as a jazz drummer would in a big band. So it's just that unamplified nature of sound is so different. And, you know, I remember doing these uh, concerts with Kurt Elling's band and that was what they always said they found the biggest challenge was just the level of outward listening. You know, you're used to being in an intimate quartet environment. All of a sudden you're listening to like, french horn lines that are 25 meters across the stage you know and and so your ears just have to listen so much bigger in those scenarios mm,
0: yeah i i am curious then how do, do you feel like uh anything changes or or do you have a preference i suppose like where the drums are physically positioned in an orchestra? Like, uh, I guess every situation is different, again, but, uh, you know, the situations I'm imagining where there's the, the band out the front of the orchestra and, and you're mm. kind of behind them, so there's really not much visual connection, and then the situations where the drums are kind of in the back, perhaps near the, you know, the, the basses or even in the percussion section, How does that change how you think the drums uh, affect the orchestra and, and how you hear them as well?
1: Yeah. Yeah, when, when we're using kit in a, an orchestral setup as part of an orchestral piece, so things like West Side Story of Leonard mm. Bernstein or repertoire that calls for kit, so we generally have the kit inside the orchestra. So it would be sort of um, if you're looking at the orchestra to the right of the woodwind section, so behind the where the violas might be, kind of close to the basses, mm. which makes a lot of sense because that, that means that everybody can hear the drums If the drums are right up the back, that's not always the best spot for a kit because unamplified especially, I mean, it just sounds bad, but also the front of the orchestra just can't hear it. Mm -hmm. So with a front line, it's different if you've got a rhythm section. But even then, I kind of like having the kit off centre. You know, right behind me is not good for anyone unless you've got Mm. conductor cams and, you know, some kind of communication. But... Off-centre, angled across. You know, mm. I always like that because I can look around and look at the drummer and the drummer can look up and just see me and we can have eye contact because the whole thing relies on us. Mm. And so it's about sort of like I've done gigs where we've had the rhythm section inside the orchestra as well, like in front of me, and actually a lot of bands kind of ask for that. Mm. But again, I don't think that's necessary depending on the the integration between the rhythm section and the orchestra. Because of the fact that I'm not expecting the drummer to follow me, mm, so that's sure. the big that's the big difference. It's like that. That's all fine if every beat is mine, but you know, mm-hmm. if a drummer's laying down time, I guarantee you everyone's following the drums. And I'm mm-hmm. I'm gonna I'm gonna jump on that bandwagon, and make my life a lot easier as well. <laughs> Great. And so, and the other thing that it does, having the rhythm section inside the orchestra, it pushes the orchestra apart from each other, and that's not how an orchestra is best set up especially in the strings they rely on being integrated it's really hard like at that jazz at lincoln center thing that's coming up the entire big bands in the middle of the stage and i am in front of them because that's the only way that concert can work but the the strings are completely split left and right and they have to play together as a section and there's a you know five meter gap right in the middle of the stage between the second violins and the violas Mm. And that's going to be really, really hard. Mm. So, But, you know, that's the only way that particular concert can work.
0: Yeah. And is then that's a situation where perhaps the orchestral musicians would have foldback wedges? Yes, yeah. sometimes. Yeah, yeah I'm yeah.
1: not sure that we will in this case, but Mm-mm. in an ideal world, yes. And actually, you know, the first thing I do when we are doing a, a piece with Kit is, and we've got fallback, so it's an amplified concert. I just make sure the people at the back of the orchestra have got the kit so that Mm -hmm. that, we don't even play anything until we've, (laughs) can you hear the hi-hats, you know, and and we make sure the brass in particular have got that wound in and then we can start playing because it's just a waste of time. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, you're trying to work out why things aren't together and it's just because people can't hear.
0: Yeah, sure.
1: That's where we always start.
0: Sure. I guess then, um, kind of leading on from that, uh, when you're perhaps doing one of these performances where everything's on a click track, you know, like a synced with a movie or things like that, um, where the time is very clearly dictated from a, a click, um, how do you how does your responsibility uh, as a conductor change then because you, that huge part of something that you're usually you know responsible for is kind of uh, taken away to an outsourced you know machine so how does your job change then are you, st- are you obviously still trying to make sure everyone's playing together and it's cohesive and dynamic uh shape is the same but, yeah, obviously, like, a drummer is going to be playing with a click track too. So, um, yeah, I'm just curious how, how you approach that kind of work.
1: Yeah, it's interesting, Ben, because not all clicks are created equal. So <laughs> you've got machine-generated clicks and tempo-mapped clicks uh, in movies that do move a bit and a bit a bit more organic, for want of a better word. You know, there are other ones that are popped you know, dance based, and and they 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 just are in time, uh, which is always a relief. Um, <laughs> and that and that is, I've done gigs like that where, you know, that does change what I do quite a lot. I don't have to do as much, and I can concentrate more on the other elements of music. So I can I can shape things. I can concentrate more on dynamics. I can be thinking about cueing things, and it depends how many musicians have got the click as well, because in an orchestra, it's not everyone all the time. Mm. Possibly the hardest show I ever did, I think, was one that did have click. It was West Side Story, the movie, and not the new one, the old one, which has got really crappy music and bad singing. <laughs> and the click is literally someone has made the click, you know. They've made it with the old film because we have to accompany the singing and the dancing. Mm. And the recordings are terrible on the original film and and they move around quite a lot too so chasing that click around so even when the orchestra's on that click i still feel like i have to be, i have to know that click so well mm. that i have to be helping them predict where it's going and i have to be ahead like you know i have to know what's coming in a way that helps the orchestra play together because once you lose a click like it's the worst feeling in the world and it's so easy to do the other mm. one was disney's fantasia so that notionally had a click track that I, I never used. I tried to use it once and I was just like, I just, this is impossible because it's trying to emulate an organic process mm. and, you know, no one's a photocopier to that level. Like you just, it's impossible to mm. do that. It's just not realistic. And there'll be other times where I'm on the click, maybe the concert master's on the click and maybe some other principal players are on the click and no one else is on the click. And so, you know, it depends what people can hear as well. It, it mm-hmm. changes the way that you lay things down. Sometimes I'm the only one on the click. Mm. That's that's hugely problematic as well because, you know, it's easy for me. Mm-hmm. but You know, I have to just expect the orchestra to follow me like just slaves, um, and that's <laughs> not normally how an orchestra works. You know, that's there's a bit of flexibility that's the best thing and the worst thing about orchestras is um, <laughs> <it's> that flexibility. <laughs> So, yeah, there's a lot of different kinds of click tracks and drummers, you know, like playing to click, that's a skill that needs to be practised, isn't it? You know, that doesn't just happen automatically so mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. and i think that's uh yeah that brings up a different conversation of uh of yeah how you play with the click because in in a pop or rock situation as a drummer you you know can lay back on the click or yeah you know, push ahead sometimes but in an orchestral situation like this where everyone's listening to the same track you really want to focus on being right you know as smack on it as you can because yeah that's kind of the thing that's pulling everyone together yeah. And so how just quickly how how would you approach practicing something like that where you you there is like a tempo mapped click are you, is that just you in a room listening to that click track trying to yeah. internalize the yeah. tempos? Well, yeah. well,
1: it depends what the materials are. So, um, for West Side Story and for the movies, to be honest, the big movies that I've done and and still do, I never use the click that they provide. So I just learn them and i just conduct wow. them and I, f- I find that it's it's easier with things like star wars and and you know um all the john williams scores because you're not you're catching hit points but you're not synced up to singing and dancing in the same mm-hmm. way that that crazy mm-hmm. west side story one was mm. um yeah so ah uh, what was your original question sorry ben What what did you oh. ask
0: just, just about, like, uh, drummers playing, like, with a click track and then that's how right. you, you yeah. approach, like, learning a certain, you know. Yeah, that's method. right. Yeah.
1: So th- when they provide the materials, you get the movie, you mm. get audio um, on one side left mm. and you get click on, on the right. And, mm. so you can, and, and also I've got visual cues for my synchronisation with movies as well. So you've got streamers, you've got punches, you've got bars and beats. So you've got a visual representation of the click, which is really helpful. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I, yeah, for those really complicated ones where I'm trying to follow a click, I have to learn it. Mm. I have to memorize it. Basically, Mm. I have to know where it's forward, where it's back, where it takes time. I can mark things into the score. Um, but yeah, I'm just, I'm just watching it and, and the conductor files, you know, that they Mm. send you over and over again until I feel like I know it. And then I, I'm, you know, confident that I can steer an orchestra through this thing, you know?
0: Gosh, wow. Again, it's such a, uh, you know, for a lot of drummers, that would go against the grain of so much that we are kind of um, ingrained to learn of just have as solid time as possible with a consistent click, you know, not yeah. and not even talking about bringing the, the idea of a click changing and being able to learn that. So, that's yeah, that's a really interesting uh, interesting mm. approach that you have to take with that. I guess um, for someone who... It hasn't had any experience working with an orchestra or a conductor um you know on the surface conductors can seemingly appear to be doing the same thing you know d- different conductors can be seemingly appear to do the same thing could you explain what makes a great conductor and what makes a a, a unique conductor and, and you know someone who's at the top of their game because obviously there's whole you know, a history of incredible conductors and conductors that are known for being really great in specific uh, styles and, and formats. Uh, so, yeah, I'd just like to hear your thoughts on what you think makes a, a really great conductor.
1: Yeah, there's there's so many different elements to the role. And I think this is what makes it difficult because <laughs> we judge conductors on a musical outcome quite rightly because that's our job. But the ways to get there are so different, depending on who the conductor is, what their personality is, um, what their relationship is with the orchestra. You know, some some conductors, for example, orchestras will love so much, they'll just give you everything, and they'll they'll make they'll just you know play great for you. Mm. Um, other conductors terrify orchestras to the point where they play great you know, I mean, it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's that different. It, it's mm. so incredibly different, but ultimately look, you know, the musicianship of the conductor has to be so high level. And, and, you know, this is something you would expect to be taken for granted. And I just feel like that's such a, you know, you're a musical leader, fundamentally, mm-hmm. you're a musical leader and you have to be able to make great decisions on behalf of the great musicians that you're working with musicians that that will have their own ideas that won't always be the same as yours but they'll be willing to go along with what you've said because you you're selling a vision to them mm-hmm. so coming up with that vision you know that's that's probably the thing that differentiates conductors the most because their mm-hmm. vision's always going to be different and then it's mm-hmm. about well how do how do we get that vision communicated and so they'll all communicate that in a slightly different way as well. I think the most experienced conductors have got an amazing physical connection with the sound, so they can mm. show they can show the sound with their gestures, and you can see it as a musician. You can see what it is they're looking for, and that takes mm. years and decades to get. It's like mm. a, you know, it's a, it's probably never finished that process, but the more you do it, the better you get at that. Um, and then there's the whole people management thing. So, you know, the, the team that you're leading, um, all of the responsibilities that go with leading a big group like that, it's so, uh, such a massive part of the job is, is even just basic things like energy levels, you know, when, when are people going to be able to concentrate and when do they stop concentrating? how much humanity do you have to kind of have in in, you're not, you're not playing a Nintendo machine, you know, you're actually working with flesh and blood and Mm. people with emotions and people who have got lives outside of the rehearsal room. And, you know, Mm. how do you, how do you bring everybody into the, the working, you know, kind of um, the working environment that you want to create, that's going to get the best results and, and Mm. keep people focused and keep people motivated and, So it's just, it's so vast. It's almost terrifying when you start thinking about it, to be honest. But, um, you know, it's, it's just, you, you either sink or swim, like, you know, it, it, it works or, you know, you're able to kind of get away with it and, and hopefully get better at it constantly. Or you just, you just out, like, it's so brutal. You don't get really many chances at the beginning. If you're not, if you're not doing well, it's super Mm. tough, super tough gig.
0: Yeah, I guess, you know, as a conductor, you, you really don't have anything to hide behind in terms of an instrument or, you know, it's something to, to you know, put a barrier between yourself and someone else. So it's, it's a lot like when you meet someone, you know, for the first time, you get a pretty good, you know, sense of if you're going to connect with them and if you resonate with them and, you know, that that kind of relationship that you have to establish with with people, musicians very quickly, I can imagine for you walking into a rehearsal, say with an orchestra you haven't worked with before and, you know, being confident enough to, to yeah, like take charge in the areas that you need to take char- charge with and then let them, you know, lead other areas. Um, that's, that's an incredible skill to develop. <laughs> yeah, and it's, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's, yeah.
1: Yeah, well, I was just going <laughs> to say you have to be very comfortable in yourself and and Mm. so most conductors because it's so terrifying it's you you build up um pretensions around you you know so you you kind of protecting yourself with walls between you the real you and the musicians who are who are scary the scary people who are you know going to see you for who you actually are and Mm. may may not like it and so Mm. you know that that's that's so important um to mm-hmm. sort of have that self-confidence that doesn't come across as ego mania or, va- mm-hmm. or vanity mm-hmm. you know it's like you it, it, you just confident that you you know what you want and you know how to get it and you want to bring them to this exciting vision you know that that's really all it is and you know i, I often hear from musicians they just want heart and mind like they want intelligence and, but they want heart you know they want mm-hmm. honesty in, in the leadership and and that's you know that you just have to be that person. It's very, very easy to not be that person. Mm. but I' I've, I've, I'm becoming more attuned to that the longer I'm in the business and the longer I, I do it. I, I bring much more of that openness and and sometimes you're going to look like an idiot and you're going to get humiliated and you're not going to look like the smartest person in the room. and you know what? Mm that's life that's just mm. being of being a person so you just got to accept that stuff and just crack on get the job
0: done 100% Wow, that's that's really amazing to hear um i guess i, I'll, I wanna uh, turn a little bit and and talk about maybe some uh, of the specifics about uh, 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 conducting and you know a lot of non classical musicians and thinking like rhythm section players particularly who haven't come up you know working with a conductor in an orchestral setting it, the idea of following you know the stick can be very mm. foreign and and strange you know especially yeah, totally. uh, like in comparison to like a a big band leader who you know the downbeat is is there like it's it's at the it's at the bottom and and in an orchestral setting sometimes that's not the case um yeah so I'm I'm imagining for you it it really is a case by case thing depending on the music and the style and and all that kind of thing. But could you maybe explain to uh you know a, a younger drummer out there or a younger rhythm section player out there who's about to work with an orchestra or a conductor for the first time and and is confused by that uh, by how that looks and in mm. in relation to the beat?
1: Yeah. Well, sometimes they're quite right because it looks ridiculous, <laughs> right? So <laughs> it depends yeah. on the conductor. I mean uh the way i was taught was that the beat is on the bottom of you know the the mm. the, the beat i mean we've got mm. we've got a little drum in front of us an imaginary little drum that us conductors are bouncing off mm. and we and people can see that rebound and it's consistent because the drum doesn't move it's in the same place notionally mm. and they can see that now the way orchestras make sound it's not realistic that everybody will sound at that precise moment.
0: Mm. They
1: may they may play at that precise moment, but the way the instruments respond and the distances between the instruments, they get used to compensating for a rhythmic unison. And, it, my God, if you go up the back of an orchestra, stand behind the French horns, you're shocked at how early they're playing. You're shocked. Mm. Wow. Mm-hmm. You just can't believe it. It's like how? Does anyone play music like that? And <laughs> conductors are always like, horns, you're late. And it's not that they're late. They're just not early enough. Wow. Sure. So, you know, there's all of that. So, you know, it depends on the conductor. The one thing I would, I would, if, if a drummer is having trouble following a conductor, mm-hmm. I would be honest about it and say, look, I'm, I'm not experienced in following conductors. Can you conduct and count at the same time? And then you'll see physically when they expect the beat to happen. Because, you know, the one thing I do, if an orchestra is playing late, which does happen, I count them off. You know, let's go from letter A, two, three, four, and and I conduct along with those beats. If someone counts you in, you can't play late. You literally can't do it. It's impossible to do. And that's what yep. I'm saying. Like, you know, you need to see where the conductor expects the time. Some conductors, their beat might be at the top of their stick. It might be on the upbeat, mm-hmm. which is dreadful technique. <laughs> dreadful technique. And and, okay. and and you know, some orchestras will say, "Well, that's where we always read the beat." I'll say, "Well, that's your problem." You know, you need wow. to stop reading the beat up there. Like, and they're just mm. like, "Well, that's where it looks like the sound is." And it's like, "Well, that." It's just not how you're making things so much harder for yourself because that's not a beat. <laughs> you no, know, that that up there is like you know it's like you've gone fly fishing or something and you're just like <laughs> throwing the rod back. Yeah, you, you need a beat. Like a beat is a beat. It's a, mm-hmm. something you yeah. you hit. You hit a drum sure, sure. and yeah. you can see it. You can see the rebound.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: So you know this is the thing. Like conducting technique is vastly under undervalued and um. You know, fortunately, we we do have great conductors in Australia, and and there are there are many great training organisations, and we've had we've got conductors who really know what they're doing. Um, but it's not always like that.
0: Hmm. Sure. Sure. That's that's such an incredible explanation of of the whole thing, because I I know for me, yeah, the first time I, w- I was worked in an or- with an orchestra in a professional situation, I kind of had an idea what to look for, but um but after doing a few performances with different conductors and realizing that there really is like can be quite a big big difference between them and not everyone yeah is feeling the beat the same and not everyone is expecting to hear the beat in the same place mm. yeah it kind of opened up this whole world of like oh i don't know what to to do anymore you know i'm not really sure if the, if there's not going to be a consistent um agreement yeah. between everyone then uh then it can be really quite challenging to to figure out so i guess um would you suggest yeah just yeah like you say, having that conversation with a conductor uh, of, of where they expect to hear the the beat yeah. that's communication is the key yeah. it,
1: it, that, that's the key to everything so every mm. problem can be solved with communication it's mm. it's not communicating that means you won't solve the problem so you know and i don't think any conductor like you're not going up and saying i have no idea what you're doing i can't follow you you're 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 hopeless and please you know (laughs) of course um you have to obviously be sensitive because like i said conductors are very very sensitive to um coming across as uh anything other than infallible uh so (laughs) you know i think i think that whole thing about can you just can you just yeah show me verbalise where where you hear the sound so that I can match and, and then mm. I'll be with you. And that yeah. way you might realise, oh, they're hearing it at the top of the beat. They're expecting the sound at the top or they're expecting the sound slightly after the downbeat. And I think, to be honest, Ben, over the years I've incorporated a slight delay into my beat and every now and again I'll work with a youth orchestra or something and they'll just be like bang on, you know, and I'm like, <laughs> wow, that's unexpected. <laughs> I, like why are they playing so so early you know and it's, yeah, it's just yeah. because I'm I'm used to this sort of more voluptuous um, response that professional mm. orchestras give you
0: mm-hmm. do you uh, are there any particular um, orchestras or, or drummers for that matter who you really love working with say in like yeah in a contemporary uh, pop rock you know situation do you, oh, do you yeah. think that there's that there's some oh, that, that really do that well
1: so many great drummers out there i've had the pleasure of working with david jones um oh, yeah. the drummer from melbourne is so musical and mm. there's just no style he can't play and <laughs> he makes my life very very easy you know when he's playing and he listens and you know he's a great model actually for all drummers um mm. and he's done gigs for me you know as an orchestral player or just Coming in to play a, a certain piece or something, and he, he's such a good kit player, you know. And mm-hmm. and that's the thing: not all of the orchestral percussionists are great kit players, and and in mm. fact, sometimes that's the the thing they do least well, and they're mm-hmm. they're still expected to do it, and they mm-hmm. quite love it because they're they're like, oh, you know, who doesn't love being behind a drum kit? <laughs> um, but that can that can be very very challenging as well. Um, in the in the jazz world, um. Guys like uh, Ben Vanderwall mm. um, in the commercial world. There's Jerry Pantazis, who's fantastic. Mm. Um, Danny Ferugia, who I've mm. really enjoyed. Dave Beck, he's a monster. Mm. He's been really, really great to work with. Um, done a lot of mm. big jazz concerts with him, in particular. Mm. Um, there's all, there's there's many many great drummers, and you know that they're always the easiest. To follow the easiest to work with and the ones that you don't mind just handing over to and saying you're the boss now you know yeah. and and uh, and we'll just I'll, I'll i'll go with you so you sure. just play you just play yeah and it's the same for all the rhythm section it's just you guys just do what you do and i'll i'll make every make sure everyone is with you
0: yeah that i mean that's that's a list of you know the who's who of australian drummers right there so that's yeah that, that's, there's that's others great. danny fisher yeah. um, yeah, i I'm, yeah. I'm trying
1: uh, da- darren ferrugio is also oh, a monster yeah. um i mean there's there's just endless i could i just just keep going there's so many there's so many i've worked with over the years yourself ben <laughs> um yeah there's there's uh, there's a big list but yeah generally i don't know they're so solid like jerry pantazzi's the time of that guy mm. And he's so reliable and he just, like, lays it down and there's no doubt and it's just, mm. like, there it is, you know. And then there's all the vis- the visiting groups that have come through uh, who have been incredible as well. I can't remember his name, um, but the guy who came um, with Layla Hathaway and her band. Oh, yeah, sure. You know, I mean, there were just some serious um, serious drummers that have come out. This guy, Jazz Lincoln Centre drummer, I don't know what his name is either, but going by the recording I'm listening to, we're in for a real treat listening to that guy play. Right.
0: Wow. Yeah. So you, you've you got that coming up. Anything else uh, on, on your books that you're really looking forward to in in that world of, of rhythm section, drummers, anything? Like
1: I'm that? trying to think. I don't think so. Not that much. No, the other things are, are big orchestral projects. Oh, you know what I'm doing next year is um, a big thing in Hong Kong on the or the film music of Hans Zimmer. And I think there's some kit work in some of that stuff as well, um, in Mm. some of those film queues where they'll have to hire somebody over there in Hong Kong. I'd be interested to see um, who that is. That'll be interesting. I'm just trying to think if there are any of the... Oh, Kate Sobrano. Yeah, so... um, great. uh, I can't remember who was playing drums for that now, actually. Um, Might be Danny
0: Danny Ferugia or... Yeah, I think it was. Yeah, I think it was yeah. Danny. Yeah,
1: yeah, he was great. So we've we've yeah. done one of those concerts in Melbourne earlier this year that went really well. What great band Ross that did all mm. the arrangements and on bass and just fantastic. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, Danny and and so we're doing that again in December because we sold mm. so many tickets they had to put it on again. So that's a nice problem to have. But yeah, that was a that was a pleasure as well. That whole. Um, rhythm section were just, they were guns, you know, it was, it was really great.
0: That's amazing. Wow. Okay. Ben, thank you so much for, for taking the time today to sit down and chat. As I said, I know you're really, really busy, but you've just got so much incredible knowledge and experience in this world and and I really feel like there isn't enough information out there for drummers who (laughs) are going to work with conductors and orchestras so uh, I I really think that this conversation and and what you've shared today is going to really help a lot of people so thank you so much for that and uh, yeah I hope we can uh, catch up again in person sometime soon
1: me too ben i really admire and appreciate what you're doing and like i said the better the drummers are in those orchestral contexts the easier my job is so thank you on behalf of all conductors
0: (laughs) amazing amazing thanks so much ben see ya see ya